ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Hey guys, I sat down with Derek Lobato out of Northern Colorado. We get into his reintro into hunting, qualifying trophy hunting, and balancing hunting and life. Enjoy the episode. So we're on with Derek Lobato. Derek, good evening, man. I appreciate you sitting down with me. Hey, thank you. I appreciate you having me, guy. Absolutely. Appreciate it. So why don't we just jump into it, man? Give us an intro and a little background on yourself. All right. Um, I'm Derek Lobato. Um, uh, 34 years old here in Northern Colorado. Um, I, uh, I run a, um, a marketing and media uh, a company and, and brand um, on the side, just as a as my side work. Um, and am a, a Western uh, Western hunter, just uh, living living the outdoor lifestyle here in Northern Colorado. I was born and raised. Um, here in Colorado, um, been here most of my life. Um, you know, was able to, uh, you know, had to, had to take a break from all my outdoor craziness for a couple of years while I, you know, got my career started and, and, and was in the military for, for four years and, and had to move away from Colorado for, for about five years total. So that was kind of, that's kind of the crazy part about my story is, you know, I, I, I grew up hunting, um, in Colorado started hunting at age 10, um, uh, for, for big, for big game, you know, I started hunting like, uh, varmints and, uh, small game, uh, with, with my dad at a really young age. Um, and then at age 10, you know, like a lot of folks that grow up in that kind of family, um, uh, going on my first, uh, first big game hunt, um, and started pursuing, uh, mule deer and, um, was, was really fortunate to, to grow up in a, 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 a crazy hunting family. Uh, that's, I mean, the big thing about our family is that everyone is just pretty, pretty crazy about hunting mule deer and elk, 
you know, pronghorn, you name it. So grew up, grew up in that family. It was just heavily influenced right off the bat, you know, kind of as I was growing up, just kind of, you know, went in, in and out of it with, you know, with interest and that kind of thing. But, you know, as I got into my teens and, and, and late teens, um, you know, started taking it pretty seriously and having a lot of fun with it. And, um, and, and, you know, those years really, really started molding, you know, who I, who I ended up becoming as a hunter and an outdoorsman. And, um, you know, had, went on a lot, was fortunate enough to go on a lot of great hunts, you know, re, you know, at a, a real young age, I think even going back to some of the first hunts that I was on, you know, um, 13 years old, 14 years old was, was in some, some great opportunities to, 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 you know, to fill a mule deer tag almost every year, um, and get some great experience, um, that, um, you know, that I, that I carry with me to this day. So re- really grew up in an, in an outdoor crazy family, you know, between hunting, a lot of off-roading, you know, there's, so there's a, this big background in our family of hunting, off-roading, camping, fishing, pretty much. I mean, just all everything outdoors. that, yeah, just all outdoors. I mean, my dad, my uncle, they're, they're both outdoor nuts. And I just, um, I mean, grow, growing up and especially like in the summer times, you know, um, on summer vacation from school and stuff like that. If, you know, if, if I was with my dad, I was with him or, or with my uncle who is just a, a crazy hunter and, and camping, camping guy. And, um, just was able to tag along and spend just a ton of time, um, in, you know, in the mountains in Colorado. So, so where, yeah, was where about Northern Colorado, how, how close are you to uh, that wild border? Oh man, I am super close. I'm only about 45 minutes from the Wyoming border. So I live, just east of Fort Collins, um, in a small, you know, a small one, one stoplight town, at Eaton, Colorado. Um, but right, you know, right near Fort Collins. So yeah, you jump on I-25 and 45 minutes north here in Wyoming, um, which is just prime, prime area for, for hunting for sure. That's like dreamland, man. Kind of got the best oh, yeah. of both worlds, you know? I mean, it's a little, little difficult for the, the Wyo non-resident to get up there right. every year but uh yeah that uh she's <laughs> green with envy it's definite man. yeah it's definitely like prime location because it's like we're so close to the border and i mean like you tell people about northern colorado and like i mean some people know what it's all about but it's like you know north of longmont which is you know so you're north of denver north of longmont most people in northern colorado consider everything north of longmont to be northern colorado we kind of have this you know, we kind of have this like little strut to our step about being, you know, Northern Colorado folks. And, you know, and we're, you know, we're just so close to Wyoming. We, you know, the outdoorsmen in this area and the hunters in this area, they end up spending so much time in both, you know, whether it's hunting or, or camping or fishing, you know, in like one weekend of, of, you know, doing a mountain trip, you're just, you're like back and forth. I was you, say you're you in <laughs> You're in both. You uh, you hit all the fire roads, and you're just like back and forth crossing the state line. So it's pretty cool because you get to see, you get to experience both. That's beautiful country too, man. So it is. Thank you for your service. Appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate you. So how did uh how did 2018 season look for you, man? Run for the record books or? Oh, uh, you know what? 2018 2018 was a was a little bit of a wild ride. Um. I had, I had a really great mule deer hunt. I mean, I, I did not fill my tag, but I, I had a great experience, um, on a hunt, um, here in Northern Colorado. It was the first year, I think out of the last, 
and I think out of the last three that I had a mule deer tag in a unit that I really wanted to hunt, um, I, I feel like last year was the first year maybe since out of like the last four years um, that I that I felt like I really got my draw strategy down and was able to to draw the tags that I wanted and 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 plan some good hunts because see like what a lot of people don't understand is that even though I I mean I grew up hunting I hunted a, a lot of years um, and when I when I joined the service in 2006 it was like all of that just came to a screeching halt so it's like that that's a big part of that's been a big part of like my you know my kind of reintroduction to to hunting and 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 call Colorado in general was that that five year time span where I was gone and then coming back. So it's kind of like the real story almost began when I came back and like so much had changed um, in in that time period when I was gone. You know, I, it was almost like I had to learn a lot of things over again, especially to to go on the types of hunts that I wanted to go on and um, and to experience those hunts the way that I wanted to. Um, it's been, it's, it's been a lot of work. It's been a lot of like strategic planning, um, and a lot of work to try to get, um, you know, try to get in the position that I want for, to, you know, to go on hunts. Um, when I moved back into, into Colorado in, in 2012, um, you know, there was a lot going on. Um, I was, um, I was freshly divorced when I moved back. Um, and I, and I hooked up with my wife, you know, pretty quickly when I moved back. Uh, who I'd known for 20 years. And so we, you know, I was fresh out of the service, fresh out of the divorce. I was getting linked back up with, with my wife who I married, you know, got remarried to, um, shortly thereafter. And then we started having, um, we started, we had our first kid shortly thereafter in 2014. So it was like those first couple of years when I got back, it was getting back into hunting and, and getting that back started back up was, was quite difficult because we just had so much going on. Um, so it's been the the wildest ride ever over the last you know five years of getting back into it, kind of rediscovering it, relearning things, and then just kind of going about those hunts and planning my hunts and doing it. You know, I was like I was doing it for the first time on my own because back in the day, you know, before I went to the service, you know, I was still I was still living at my dad's house. We were still hunting together all the time. We kind of just did we did everything together. Um, and that kind of thing. So it's like when I came back, it was, it was like, man, it's, you know, you went, you went off, started the career, did all that stuff. You come back and you want to start hunting again. It's like, man, it's all, it's all on your own now. It's like, you know, dad wasn't there to put in for tags for you, do this, do that. It was like, so in a way, you know, in a way it was like, I was rediscovering it and, and just kind of starting over almost, you know, all that stuff from the past, even though there were some great experiences, I really, um, I really kind of, had to like take it slow and get back into it and learn as I went like on my own to where I would, you know, learn the information and just really retain it that way, you know, I could, I could do a solo hunt on my own. I mean, that was my big thing. I wanted to start just hunting on my own and, and be a solo hunter. Um, so I had a couple, a couple years where I just didn't draw optimal tags, didn't really have a, a ton of opportunity, but over the last two years, I, I got the draw strategy down pretty good here in Colorado and really it just amounted to, um, you know, putting in the extra time, putting in the extra effort to, uh, you know, uh, study the stats, study the units. You know, I, I knew I already, I mean, I knew the, 
all the different mountain ranges in Northern Colorado, like the back of my hand. So it's like, well, I know where to go. You know, I know all the roads, you know, I could, I could go on a hunt by myself, but I got to make sure that I, I do all the little things like, you know, like I said, dr- check the draw statistics. Like you, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta draw the tags and you gotta make sure that you're successful at drawing the tags. Otherwise you could just be waiting around for, you know, for a couple of years. So I think the first couple of years that I was back, I, I botched the mule deer draw, I think like two or three years in a row and thought that I was, you know, being smart about putting in for my tags and then found out that I was making some big mistakes that were, that were Cost not allowing me to tags. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if a lot of people look at it like that. Right. I mean, you know, you think, Oh, I want to hunt this unit, but, but the strategy, um, you, you have to go in with the strategy, right? You gotta, you have to oh, yeah. try and be as well placed as you can, especially if you're not floating around with a bunch of points in these, um, yeah. some of the draws, man, it, uh, it definitely takes well, some effort. I, there's guys, man, that do entire spreadsheets, uh, oh, yeah. trying to figure out that stuff. What I've been using, uh, go hunt for the last couple of years and that's a heck of a, a tool for it. Um, it is. Yeah. They're, they're, they got a good, they got a good setup running there. I mean, what, what I've been doing the last couple of years is just downloading, the you know the data sheets that Colorado Parks and Wildlife puts out um, for the last couple of years, and when those come out, studying those because you know knowing the units that I want to hunt, I've just been studying the draw odds, and I think I mean like um, you know the last two years I got them down pretty good. This year, this year I really nailed it. I drew three out of four tags, um, and. And then for the the elk tag that I didn't draw, I got the, you know, the over-the-counter option. So, I mean, elk's pretty easy. There's so much, there's a ton of opportunity for elk. But for mule deer, I mean, I was, I was really studying those draw odds. And it was like, you know what, it's, I, I might have to hunt some areas where there's not this massive population. And there's not a ton of mule deer, but there's still some. And you might be able to draw this tag every year. Um or, or every other year. So it's like kind of having to kind of having to take the good with the bad a little bit to make sure that I can consistently draw a mule deer tag. And, and like you said, I mean, not, not everyone, you know, puts in for five different States and, and it's got points all over. And it's like, Hey, if you don't draw this one, you know, we got this one to fall back on. I mean, that's that, I mean, that would be nice, but that is um, just not, like you said, not really reality for, for a lot of folks. Yeah, so I like, would say most folks, man, aren't in that position to do that. Cause I mean, even if you, even if you're not drawing those tags, it's still money out of pocket, right? I mean, you know, hoping oh, yeah. that you get that tag. So it, yeah. in my head, it starts to amount to where, where am I going to be able to, you know, guarantee that tag, right? A lot of guys are floating on a week's worth of vacation and limited funds, man. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, I mean, I, I think like the last, I mean, when when I first got back here and I first started. Um, going on hunts, I just I wasn't putting near enough effort into into that into that strategy on on drawing tags. Like I just didn't I didn't really see the value in it. I was like, oh, you know, I can I can hunt elk every year with an over the counter tag. And 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 the other thing is, I was kind of brainwashed a little bit because, or not brainwashed, but when like the 2005 range before I went into the service, it was a whole different ball game in Colorado for mule deer back then because there was, that was just after the time period where you, 
um, and, and a lot of people don't realize this, but there, there was a time in Colorado where tags were over the counter. There was, I mean, you, you could get a tag every year and you could get it in some phenomenal units with a ton of mule deer. So it's like when I was hunting in, you know, the early 2000s and the mid two and the mid 2000s, that's, that's, that's the way it was. So when I first moved back, I thought it was still like that. And I, and I made a couple costly mistakes in putting in for my tags and I didn't, and I didn't draw mule deer tag. And so I think that's what kind of woke me up and was like, oh man, Colorado's changed a lot. Um, and you, you're really going to have to use some strategy if you want to tr- try to get a tag every year. You know, if that's, if that's what's important to you, it's like, you know, so I was like, you know, that, that is what's important to me. I all hunt, I'll hunt a unit that maybe has a smaller population of actual mule deer. Um, and so that's exactly what it's been the last two years. And, you know, you asked about 2018 season, I think hunting for like five, five full days with a, I think like a two day gap where I had to come back to work for a few days and then go back up, um, in like, in like five days of hunting, I think I saw three bucks during that time where back in like 2005 hunting, I could hunt for a weekend and see like 2025 hunting the same ridges. So that is, I mean, so there's a big, there's a big difference there, but, um, in 2018, I still had a really great hunt. I learned so, I learned so much about the actual unit that I, um, am hunting and putting a lot of effort into scouting and learning really good. Um, I think I, on opening day on 2018, trying to fill this mule deer tag, um, I, I dropped into this, this phenomenal basin and kind of, kind of, uh, packed in for the day, you know, a couple miles from my, my camp and just had it pretty mapped out pretty good. There was just these, these awesome ridges, just prime, prime deer country, you know, w- water sources, good cover. And I was like, I w- I mean, it, I just had a gr- this great feeling about that opening day. Um, and it was the, the second rifle season. So we're, we're looking, you know, we're talking like mid October. So everything was panning out pretty good for that opening day. And I, I, like I said, I dropped into this awesome basin with all these ridges and, you know, did a ton of glassing, um, and really took my time, was patient and really just had this mentality. Like, you know, this is, this is, this is going to work out great. If you, if you're patient, do a lot of glass and like it's all going to fall into place. Well, Saturday came and went. And I mean, despite seeing a ton of tracks, ton of sign, um, didn't, didn't see anything on Saturday on opening day. So that was, that was, um, that was disappointing. But, um, Sunday morning came around and I did, it did the same things, a little bit different location, but still same type of, same type of mentality. And on, uh, on that second day on Sunday at like seven fifteen in the morning, I had this ridge picked out that it was like, you know, it was going to go down at this ridge. It was the perfect spot, perfect location. And just did, you know, crawled right over this ridge top, uh, just barely peeked over. And as soon as I peeked over, boom, there's two muleys standing there and they're feeding. They got their heads down. So I peek over and, um, and after, after a few seconds of looking over, I one doe and one fawn. So I was like, shoot, man. So it's kind of like this buildup. And I really thought that that was going to be it because, and, and they didn't know I was there. So it was like, it was, it was kind of perfect, but I was like, you know what, this, this day is going to be different. Um, you know, I might be in mule deer all day, so it might be a whole night and day difference from, from, from that opening day. So, you know, they're, they're, 
uh, once I figured out that they were does, I, I just kind of laid their crest in the top of the, the ridge and just kind of glassed around, watched them for a little while. And I just had it in my mind that there was going to, that there was a buck close by. So after like 15, 20 minutes, uh, you know, um, you know, gathering some video and some, some photos and glassing and I'm laying on my stomach cresting over the top of this ridge. They finally, uh, realized that I was there and the, the doe started just kind of walking slowly towards me. It's just real curious, you know? So she's walking slowly towards me. They're about 75 yards away. So they're pretty close. And I'm just laying there glassing on my stomach. And after about maybe 15 or 20 minutes of that, I'm, I'm watching her with my binoculars. She's probably closed into like probably 50 to 60 yards by that point. She's walking towards me slowly. And it was the craziest thing. And but she's, she's looking right at me. And then all of a sudden she turns her head to her right super fast towards this aspen patch, which would be to my left. Um, and so as soon as she does that, I, I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm like, man, when did, what did she see over there? So I turn to my left and there's a three point buck and a small buck walking out of that aspen patch, like 50 yards to my left. And that's what she looked at. So they, I think they were there the whole time and I just didn't, but they were kind of back in the Aspen patch. So they pop out of that and they scared the heck out of me. So I kind of swing over to my left while laying down on the ground. So at that point I swing her over to my left and I'm kind of on my back on this ridge line. And I look over, I verified that one was an, a nice, perfect three point buck. And they were kind of on a steady, they were like on a steady trot and they had about, 100 to 150 yards of uh of a clearing to go across before they you know before they'd be gone they'd go into the next quakey patch so i mean that that few that few seconds when they went across that clearing went by so fast <laughs> um it went by so fast and i remember thinking to myself i was like i i've never i've never looked through my scope at a mule deer and wanted it to go down so badly in my whole life as that moment. It was like all the, all the hunts, all the, all the bucks that I had tagged growing up and I never experienced anything like that. It was really, it was really life changing for me as a hunter, like looking through that scope at that mule deer. I just remember thinking to myself, I've never wanted a mule deer buck to go down so badly. Um, and I, and I, and I, and I missed two, I missed two shots um, at, at like 75, 80 yards. Um, so just really, um, really, really a heartbreaker there. So that was, um, that was Sunday morning, mid morning. Um, and then, and then I went, like I said, after that day, you know, kind of had to recover from that. I mean, it took me like a day to recover from that. I just, I couldn't really believe it. Um, went back to work for a couple of days and then was able to shoot back up on Thursday, um, and finish out the hunt for like three days, um, three days straight, straight solo hunt. Um, those first two days that I went up, my dad was, he had, a um, come up and he was, um, he had some tag to fill. I can't remember what it was, but he was kind of off doing his own thing, but we did share a camp last year, um, which was cool. But then when I went up on Thursday, um, I just, I packed a small, super small, solo camp and then just did a three day solo hunt and got in on two bucks on that Thursday afternoon. Um, and was kind of out of position when I, when I saw them back in these ridges, um, and tried to make a stock to get into a right position and, and kind of blew that stock. And that was, that was the last opportunity that I had in that trip. 
um, and then had a couple days of, of seeing some does and not a ton of bucks. So it's like, you know, I, I really evaluated that unit a lot after that hunt um, and, and made the decision to, to put in for it again. Um, and like I said, it's, it's not like this unit is not like it used to be back in the day where you're going to see, you know, 20 or 30 bucks in a couple days or anything like that. But there are still bucks there. And, you know, it's, it's like this, it's like this double-edged sword because I was like, I just keep thinking to myself, it's like you, I mean, you, you could have filled your tag couple different times so like don't hate no you know don't hate on that unit there's still deer there <laughs> you know but <laughs> but it's just like a lot you know I, I know guys that hunt that unit and if they if they hunt three to five days or whatever and see one buck or they see two bucks they're like well i'm not hunting here because there ain't no deer here and it's like man there's deer there you know it's not it, it's not just jam-packed but that is and you know in my opinion that's still a buck that you can fill a tag in every single year and the draw odds are great. So it's like, I'm giving that unit another shot this year, but it's like, it's, uh, it's tough to, on some level, not, you know, yeah, not, not either. want to. Yeah. Cause they, I mean, there's other, the other units in this, in, in Northern Colorado that have a massive population, you know, you're going to, you're going to, it's going to take you between four and six years to get it. So unless you got, you know, that, that really sweet setup where you got, you know, all these other plans where, you know, you can wait that long then you can do that. But like for me, it's like, no, I, I want to get that tag every year and I want to you know, be in a position to get a buck every year. Yeah. There's something to be said though, about hunting a unit. That's a little bit tougher, man. And, and kind of fighting yourself, you know, even, even after the season to go back in that unit, right. Cause it's easy to go, okay, I'm yeah. not going to go back there. Let me find somewhere else. Um, yeah. But for me, like blown opportunities, right. Who doesn't have them? Um, yeah. You got to pay yourself back on that one. Right. <laughs> oh yeah yeah absolutely that i mean like this year you know like i got that tag again only i'm not going to be hunting during the second rifle season i'm going to be hunting during the fourth rifle season on november 13th and it's a five-day season that opens on uh, on a wednesday and then runs through that sunday so it's like so they they might not be like in the peak of the rut but they're going to be i mean it just kind of depends colorado is a little different compared to some other areas as far as when the rut action gets going, but you know, they're kind of, they're going to be right there in the thick of things as far as the rut goes. So, I mean, there might be some pretty nasty weather, but I'm going to plan to go back to those, you know, those same ridges where I had some, some missed opportunities and, and try to, I mean, it'll be, it'll be phenomenal. And I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself to, you know, to, to, to fill that tag right in, right in that same basin and, and do it with, you know, nastier weather, hundred percent solo, and I mean, it will be, it'll and be grueling to get a buck. Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, it's cool. There's a lot of great things coming up this season. Um, and I think, uh, I've, I've got it planned out to spend a lot more time than, than probably any other year that I have over the last five years. So that, uh, um, just trying you know, to touch, gotta, uh, touching back on it real quick. So Colorado with the, with the mule deer tags, there's no, there's no OTC opportunity anymore. Right. I, I think it's just the whitetail in some of the lower density units have, uh, have OTC, yeah. but mule deer is just all, uh, is all draw, right? Is draw, is draw only. Yeah. Yeah. As far, as far as I know, everything for mule deer is a hundred percent draw only. Um, but yeah, you like, you're right. Whitetail in some of the lower population areas like Buena Vista area, Southern Colorado, you can get an over the counter whitetail tag 
Um, even if you, even if you hunt mule deer. So you, I mean, that's, that's one way to get two deer tags in one year. Um, and, um, and so you can, you can always do that. I've never done that. I used to do a lot of, uh, a lot of off-roading down in that area. So I, I kind of know the country fairly well. I think those, I think those seasons open up for like the first two weeks of December. Um, and so that's been kind of in the back of my mind to, to, uh, uh, to maybe try that one year. Um, I'm not sure if this year will be that year because I've got, I've got a black bear tag for September. Um, I've got a private land pronghorn tag for the Eastern Plains. Um, and then I've got, I'll have an elk tag for, um, October. Um, and then, and then the mule deer hunt. So I think with, with those four hunts, I'm going to be pretty jam packed and, um, and probably going to do more hunting this year than probably any year in the last five. So I've, I've got some high hopes for, for what I want to accomplish this year. So you're, so everything you're going after, you're going with rifle. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent rifle pretty much. That's the way, um, I, I've always been, I mean, I'm a, I'm a gun nut, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, um, I, I'm a gun nut and I just, I, I, I love hunting with the rifle. I love carrying a firearm and I'm a little bit of a gun nut. So that's just kind of my thing. Um, I don't know if I'll ever try bow hunting. I mean, I very well might, I got a lot of respect for bow hunters and, um, and, and, and I think eventually I, I will try it. I mean, for me, me i probably would have tried it already it's just more along the lines of you know i've you know everything i mean i've really i really worked hard to really upgrade my my gear kit to where it is right now to where i'm pretty much 100 percent self-sustainable in the mountains you know i could go on a solo hunt and pretty much do it you know whatever i want on my own whether it's you know wilderness area or where, no matter where it is i i'm comfortable with you know, with the gear that I have, but it's, you know, it's taken me a few years to, to get it that way. And that's without, you know, you know, buying a bow setup or anything like that. So, so that's, uh, um, I mean, you, you are, and I, I shouldn't say anomaly, right? Cause I, I'd imagine there's more rifle hunters than, than bow hunters, or maybe it's even split, but who knows? Um, yeah, I don't know. But that, you know, that's pretty interesting, especially, you know, nowadays, especially when you start talking elk, right? I mean, everybody, not everybody, right? Generalizations, broad strokes. Got to watch what I say all the time. <laughs> yes. um, but there's a there's a huge draw for people to go and chase elk with a bow. I know for for myself, oh, yeah. I'm a sucker for it. Right? Um, yeah. Get into the rut, and you're hearing the bugles and all that talking. How does it? How does that happen? You know, are you, do you see any of that? You know, maybe some late rut going on in rifle season. That first rifle season there. Or? I, I, I haven't myself. Um, I know that some people kind of question that and think that, that, that goes on a bit. I, I never have myself. I mean, I've heard some guys talk about that, but I mean, I, I mean like, cause the, the, the bow season here, I think it opens like on October, oh, I'm sorry, on September. August 19th, August 19th or something like that. Um, but I mean, obviously, and then, and then it's, it gets really going in September. Um, but I don't think I've ever caught any real hardcore rut action in mid-October. Now, I know I've been on some camping trips like the first couple days of October and have woke up to a lot of bugling. So it's, it's kind of hard to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you get a little bit, but you're really just catching the tail end of it. And I don't think it's a real difference maker as far as, um, you know, as far as trying to use it for, um, you know, hunting tactics or anything like that. I think you just get some of the chirps and the bugles from kind of the aftermath, you know, 
Raptors, you know what I'm those satellite bulls. Yeah, still, still, still trying, trying to get trying a little to... bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm, so I'm, uh, I got to notch. I got to notch my archery tag, man. And then at some point, I'm gonna have to explore like a later season rifle hunt with those elk and see. I mean, to me, it 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 seems that it would be okay. Yeah, archery. I got to get a lot closer. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm relying on the communication a lot. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. If I'm there at the right time, when you start looking at those late season um, hunts, if if that rut is turned off, I mean, you are. You're spotting stalk, man, and those big, majestic monsters have a way of just moving through that timber and stuff, man, and just super elusive. Yeah, they definitely they definitely are. It's like this it's like this trade off, you know, between bow hunting and, and rifle hunting. And I mean, I definitely agree with what you said as far as like being a little bit of a of an anomaly. I mean, especially if you look at you know how the hunting industry or or you know, how we see the hunting industry on, on social media, you know, it's like, I mean, bow hunting really is like the big up and coming thing. I mean, it's super popular, you know, the, 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 you know, the bows themselves, they're, they're, they're so advanced nowadays and, and the gear for, you know, all the bow hunting gear. And it's, I mean, people are, people are getting hooked on it left and right. I mean, even people that have just, you know, or, you know, 30 plus years old that have never hunted and someone turns them on to, someone turns them on to, um, on to bow hunting and maybe they go on one hunt and they're just, they're just hooked. So people are getting hooked on it left and right. Um, I don't mean to cut you off, but I never really thought about it like the way you said it, but I wonder if it's a lower barrier of entry or what that is. I wonder why. Yeah. I I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, people are really getting into it and it seems like they get, I mean, they, the, the people that, are getting into it kind of, I guess, I guess late in life, like maybe they didn't grow up hunting or anything and just kind of, you know, just newer at it, which is great. You know, it's, it's getting, you know, new hunters out there, but it seems like they're getting hooked on it just to, on this different degree or this different level than, you know, someone, you know, that just goes on their first rifle hunt. Like it just doesn't seem like the rifle hunting really hooks someone in, you know, like, like bow hunting does. So I'm not, I'm not sure what that is. And maybe, and maybe it's, you know, it's the excitement of getting kind of having that more up close and up close and personal experience with the elk when they're, when they're in the rut and that kind of thing. Um, and, and so maybe that has something to do with it, but I mean, just as far as, you know, the popularity of it, it, I mean, it's crazy. You think of success, right? And, and archery success rates are relatively low. Um, oh yeah, they're very low. Right. So you start talking, you know, something you want to undertake and be six, you know, okay. And here we go again. I got to watch what I say. Um, successful, <laughs> right? You want to notch yeah. a tag? Um, yeah. Archery is kind of an odd choice for a for a startup. Yeah, it definitely is. Like if you didn't grow up hunting, and you're, you know, I mean, there there's so many people in Colorado that are moving here from out of state, from just, I mean, just all over the place, and they're and they're, and they're picking it up and they're going out and it's like, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely not what you see on Instagram where you're just gonna, you know, tag out every single year and just, you know, kill this monster six point bull. I mean, it, it, it does happen, but yeah, like you said, that's a good point. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting when you think about it, that people are getting hooked on it and it's not, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's extremely difficult, but I, I mean, yeah, that's, that's why I, 
that's why I respect bow hunters um, and all hunters. You know, if they're if they're good at what they do, or I mean, if they if they if they're good at practicing what they do, if you know what I'm saying, if they if they're good at training at what they do, then I mean, I respect that no matter what no matter what you want to. Yeah, it's funny because I've never really thought about it. I mean, that's where I started uh, was archery. Was it? Yeah, and and uh, shit, I could tell you a whole bunch of unsuccessful years where it was unsuccessful and i don't and there was i mean and it's not just talking about a notch tag i'm talking about everything the frustration and just yeah. ready to throw the bow a mile you know uh, <laughs> it just yeah it's a trip man but there is i mean and, and we use that word intimacy um there's something about being up close to any animal but oh uh, yeah yeah i think uh as a myself as a new archery hunter i didn't know i had no idea about that right it was about trying yeah. to get that arrow to fly true actually it wasn't even about that it was about finding the damn animals man <laughs> yeah locating them can be half the half the battle sometimes for sure and then you got to get close to them i mean like when the when the archery season you know comes around and i mean like me, I, I I'm the I'm the type of guy. Like I'm I'm in the mountains all year round, so it doesn't really matter what time of year it is. I'm pretty much in the mountains when 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 someone else might be hunting. So whether it's I mean it might be archery season, it might be muzzleload season, it might be hunting for my own tag or whatever the case is. But if I've got a free weekend, you know I'm in the mountains and I'm just scouting, trying to locate animals and and you know gather content or whatever the case is, you know so you know, I'm, you know, I'll spend a fair amount of time, um, you know, in, in, in August and September, a lot of guys are, are, you know, are, are actually trying to fill those archery tags, you know, and I'll be up there just training for the day or, or, or going on a long hike, trying to locate animals to, um, you know, to scout or, or, or gather content. So I definitely try to, I mean, that perhaps the fun for me is just to try to stay in the thick of things as far as, um, as far as just, um, you know, supporting public lands and, and just trying to, you know, just, just be in the mountains as much as I can. It's just, it's just that much fun to me. Yeah. That, uh, I mean, when you talk about looking at, you know, your draw and everything, um, you know, getting out there, do you spend any time getting out and kind of scouting your areas and going, okay, this is where I think I'm going to put in for my tag, yeah. any of that going into it? Um, yeah, I mean, for for me, I I pretty much am I'm pretty much hunting the same units that I grew up hunting. I mean, there's like three units in in northern Colorado that I frequent. So I mean, that's that's a pretty large that's a pretty large area when you look on a map at the, at you know at three different units. Um, but you know, in the summertime, you know, with, whether it's spring, summer, shed hunting, you know, I, at the end, of the, I'm I'm pretty much always scouting and looking for different areas. Because I just, you never really know when, when you're going to find, you know, this perfect, um, you know, this perfect ridge top or, or, or whatever the case is. So I'm always on the lookout for, you know, that spot that I want to be at opening morning. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, on, a, on, a, on one level, it's like, you know, you know, looking for antlers and stuff like that. And also, you know, looking for that spot I want to be my, uh, on opening morning. So, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm always scouting. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. I mean, well, you live in such an area, man, that it's hard not to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, when, yeah, I mean, yeah, when you when you get into it, I mean, it's I mean, I, I live like two and a half hours away from the areas that I hunt. And that's like two, 
that's like down the dirt road to the spot where I set up camp. We're talking two and a half hours from my door to right there where I'm right in the thick of things. So it's like, yeah, I mean, per, at, you know, at least a couple times a month. I mean, as much as I can, I pretty much, I tell my son, you know, it's, you know, cause he loves the outdoors too. And he's four, but, um, I mean, he's pretty into it. And, um, I always tell him, I'm like, man, it's, it's so simple. All we got to do is grab our gear and go. So. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm looking at my Onyx kind of getting a better understanding of exactly where you're at. I'm going to come hunt your unit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I'll no, be, I'll it's, actually it's, be in Colorado this year for, uh, for elk. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah. I think I heard, I think I heard you talking about that on a show just recently. Yeah. Um, I can't wait. So, That's yeah. all I think about. Yeah. There's, there's a ton of opportunity for elk in, uh, in Colorado. So are you, so you're going to be during the archery season? You're talking? Yeah. Yeah. We'll be there. Okay. Uh, we'll be there for a couple weeks in September. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Man, I, I might run into you cause I, I got, I'm, I'm going to be trying to fill that black bear tag and it opens up on September 2nd, which is labor day. So I've got, I've got that day off work and then I can probably take a day after that. So I pro- I think when the black bear season opens, I'll probably have two full days right as the season opens to try to, um, to try to get on one and then just back on the weekends throughout September minus my daughter's birthday, which is the 15th. Um, so that'll be my September. And that's just, I mean, that's like the first hunt of the year for me. So it's just, I mean, the excitement's just going to be ridiculous when, by the time that rolls around. So yeah, see, that's the, that's the only bummer that I have with, with Colorado elk, right. And archery. So you got, yeah. you got fall bear, that's kicking off right and then yeah and muzzleloader season right right and there yeah muzzleload. yeah right there in in you know archery elk i mean i'm not not to say that archers or bow hunters should receive some kind of priority uh, <laughs> i am i am slightly biased towards that <laughs> uh, but it's just kind of a bummer right to get out there and, and you know you are you got a ton of pressure and then you got you know yeah you, you don't have to wear your your orange as an orange, archer yeah um, yeah but now you're running around with muzzle loaders and and fall bear yeah. so it's a little bit of a little bit of a flip of of the coin man I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out into uh into my hunt there yeah yeah that's it's yeah september is really getting going there's a lot going on in september for sure like like you mentioned i mean i, I always wondered about that too it's like archery hunters i was like man with if you're i mean and maybe maybe if you know, at that time, maybe someone's not hunting necessarily where there is a ton of, um, you know, dudes out with muzzleload tags. But if you know that you are, I mean, I, I'm like, man, I mean, just safety wise. Yeah. I mean, it just, it seems like they would probably be best off to put some sort of, some sort of a safety, you know, regulation in there, you know, something, I'm not sure. Yeah. But, um, I think um, and at the very least, man, I think, uh, we'll have, you know, a strip of orange or, something on our packs um yeah as we're as we're moving around the woods there man so I'm is that going to be your first year hunting colorado yeah that'll that'll be my first uh be my first chase at elk in colorado cool cool yeah yeah it's a great it's a great state and there's a, i mean there's there's a lot of opportunity there's a, there's a lot of public land if you know where to go i mean there there's a fair amount of private land as well but i mean once you once you drop like west, you know, southwest of Laramie, Wyoming, and drop back into Colorado, I mean, there's there's public land. I mean, all over. I mean, you know, and and, and wilderness area too. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that. 
um, there's plenty of wilderness areas too, if you know how to get to them and know how to access them. So there's, there's, there's a lot of public land. Yeah. We've pretty much, I've got it narrowed down at this point to, uh, three or four GMUs. Um, okay. and I thought I would have it down to one by now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've been spending <laughs> a lot of time, you know, online and kind of looking at the area, um, yeah. with some of the, uh, the mapping resources. Um, but man, I, I just, I'm having the hardest time between these last, I'm going to say it's well, three for sure. Still bugging me. There's one that I just can't shake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so crazy nowadays how you can scout from your computer. <laughs> I was talking to my buddy about that the other day. And I was like, dude, like you you can scout from your desktop computer. I was doing it just the other day on, on Google Earth. And I'm like, because I went um, on the, the most recent hiking trip that I went on. Um, I was in Wyoming, but I was trying to find... Um, I was trying to find good um, spots to find uh, shed antlers in, in areas where, where people hadn't walked in. So I'm all scouting these areas out over, you know, on, on the computer. And then, you know, I do the same thing for hunting. It's like, man, that's, I mean, that's pretty sweet um, to be able to scout these areas and, you know, check out all the little ridge lines and all, you know, all, all the accessibility on just from, from electronic maps on, on phones or, or, the desktop computer yeah i mean you almost have to with the with the the cost of tags the time off of work you know whatever you're spending to travel um yeah you know what i mean just it's like an oh yeah it's a golden resource you know if you're using it um and you understand what you're looking at um it really does help you narrow down you know on top of you know using uh go hunt and on top of you know just the uh the big game brochure that colorado puts out you know, looking at yeah. hunter numbers and statistics, things like that. Um, I yeah. absolutely love it, man. I've, I've done yeah, pretty do well too. with it over the last few years. Yeah, I do too. I think it can make a big difference in how, I mean, it makes a big difference on how you plan a hunt. I like the, I like being able to, um, I don't know why, but I'm, I'm real big on like, I need to know like how far point A is to point B. That just, uh, that's how my mind works. Like if I'm looking at these maps, I'm like, okay, I want to hunt here. I want to hunt here. I want to hunt here. Like where, how far is it from that ridge there to this basin over here? Like I need to know that. Um, I just do so much on foot. Like I need to know and plan out like, okay, like how long is it going to take me to walk from there to there? Like, is this doable? Can I do that? So that's where, I mean, that's real helpful. That's a key right there because you, you know, especially if you don't know, what you're looking at when you look at that map, right? I mean, you start looking at the yeah. contours and, you know, if you don't have a good understanding of what they're doing, that can make or break that trip. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> can. It definitely can. So, I, I mean, it's, I mean, if you don't have like not, I mean, you're not going to have, and I haven't used the, I haven't used really any of the map apps like the, like the um, Onyx or anything. So like what I'll do is, I'll go on Google Earth and get all my maps and then I'll just screenshot them. And then I know that I can use those no matter where I'm at just by looking at the, you know, the screenshot photos. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's, that's a big step up from, from what I had when I was growing up. <laughs> I guess. See, and I still run, sure. I run Onyx too. I, I love it. Um, but I still run paper, man. I'll get my areas yeah. and I'm a little nervous right now because I'm, I'm getting down to the wire um with the selection thing on these units um but yeah i'll get on you know usgs or something and yeah uh, 
you know, and print out a map once I've, you know, figured out what area I'm going to hunt. I guess the plus with Colorado is that that OTC opportunity. Um, you know, I don't have to I don't have to worry about it, uh, you know, finding out after I get a tag, you know, but right, I'm just right. behind I'm behind the curve this year, man, with trying this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've, I've got one I've got one big obstacle to kind of overcome for because like it's September, I'm going to, you know, I've, I've got, I've got it pretty dialed in as far as where I want to hunt black bears, um, for sure. But one of the, I mean, a huge goal of mine over the last couple of years has been to, um, not just draw a, a pronghorn tag, but to, to notch a pronghorn tag as well. They're, um, they're, they're another big passion of mine. I'm, I'm a pronghorn nut. Um, and I, I drew a private land, um, a pronghorn tag. Um, in an area that my, or on a ranch that my dad's been hunting for like 25 years easily. So he, he knows the ranch real well. So we, we planned on putting in for those. Well, you know, a month and a half ago, me and my dad, you know, had a little bit of a falling out, uh, which I won't get into, you know, and so that, that's up in the air as far as, you know, the accessibility to that ranch. So it's, it's kind of funny because as of right now, that hunt is, you know, riding on me, I, my plan is to, to go introduce myself to the rancher and, and kind of tell him the truth about my situation and hope that he's gracious enough to say, you know what, if you want to come out on October 5th and try to fill your tag, you know, come on out and, and do your solo hunt, whatever the case is. So, um, that's kind of what that hunt's riding on right now. So I'm kind of, I mean, that's like my big nervous thing right now is, is trying to get that kind of dialed in, get that figured um, out before before it's yeah. knocking on the door that's yeah that's a yeah. rough one so how does that work in colorado if you can't make it can you turn your tag in there a cutoff on that or um yeah yeah from from what i understand you i know that you can if you have like uh because a buddy of mine had to do it last year with the mule deer he, he drew a mule deer tag last year after like eight years of putting in and, and actually got an injury and he was able to turn it back in and get it for the following year, you know, by, by, by telling that or by showing him that, that he had an injury. So I haven't really looked at it, um, that, that much just yet. I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably look into that if, you know, if it for some reason doesn't pan out, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try my damnedest to, to charm this, this rancher, rancher. and, and and hope he has mercy on my soul. <laughs> I've heard if you offer those guys some solid labor, man, they're pretty, they're pretty nice about it. Yeah, I've heard that too. I've heard that too. So yeah, that's 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 in my playbook for sure. That's like, that's in the playbook. <laughs> I have a really good, yeah, I have a a, a real good source on that, man, from a rancher nice. himself. <laughs> no kidding. Wow. Yeah, yeah, he said that's you know, go put in some solid work, man. That yeah, I don't off. doubt that. I don't doubt that. And I, I certainly, I certainly would, would, uh, be down to bail some hay or whatever the case is for sure. Because <laughs> that pronghorn hunts with me. Heck yeah. That, yeah. So, uh, you have a, a post, man, and I'm not going to scroll and look for it, but there no. was a quote on there that said, uh, I was a trophy hunter. Um, yeah. So yes. that's kind of a hot topic, right? Trophy hunter, uh, meat yeah. hunter. What, Give us your your insight to that whole trophy hunter thing, man, and and what that, why why were you, why aren't you, et cetera. Sure, yeah, you're right. That I mean, it is it is kind of a hot topic. There's so many controversial topics that 
you know, that lie within the hunting industry, you know, whether it's, you know, hunters themselves or, or, or kind of people from, you know, from the outside looking in there, there's definitely some hot topics and, and that's one of them. I mean, the term trophy hunter is, it's funny because it's a, it's a term that I, you know, thought was really cool when I was growing up and, 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 you know, not that, you know, I was a trophy hunter necessarily, but I wanted to think of myself as one. I just, you know, growing up, I just, I thought that that was cool. I thought, I thought that that was just put you, you know, as it just is this symbol of, you know, this, this elite status kind of symbol. And, you know, you only go after big bucks and, you know, you shoot big bucks every year. And I just, I wanted that, you know, I just, I wanted that. I thought that, I thought that that was what really kind of set you apart. And of course that's, you know, a super, you know, immature way to think about things. And it just, in my eyes, it just kind of sidesteps, you know, some of the things that, you know, are really important about hunting and what, you know, what we, you know, what we can learn, um, you know, while, while being a hunter and, and a conservationist. And, um, and so nowadays, you know, my, my thought on, on trophy hunters, on trophy hunting is, has changed so dramatically over, you know, over the last 10 or 15 years. And, and for me, I've, I've really, I really changed my way of thinking. And when I, I mean, when I hear trophy hunting, the first thing that I think of is that, you know, my, my, my adventure, my adventure is what, is what, is what trophy hunting is. My, my epic trip, you know, my, my adventure and my pursuit of an animal where, you know, no matter, you know, how, you know, big it might be that that's the real trophy that I'm after. So it's, you know, it, to, to really, to really, you know, take home a trophy, like for me for this year will be to, you know, work super hard and, 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 you know, tag some animals, fill the freezer and, um, and put myself in a position to, to, to get a mature animal. And that, you know, that mature animal might not be, you know, a, a monster 200 inch buck, but it very well might be, you know, a five or six year old buck that has a great story and that, you know, you know, filling that tag and just all of it kind of coming together um, and, and the, and the work that goes into it and the pack out, I mean, on, on another level, the, the pack out is what's going to be the real trophy to me. I does. mean, I would, I mean, I would, I would, I would cherish that, um, you know, more than, more than anything. So that, you know, that's, like you said, it's, it's a hot topic nowadays. And I just, I just think that the, the term trophy hunter has just gotten, it's gotten just morphed into this you know, negative sounding thing. And I, I think for me personally, when I hear the term, um, you know, ma no matter what's really being said, I just, I just automatically associate the term trophy hunter with something negative. And it's, I, I don't know why I just think for, for whatever reason that's, I associate it with something negative. Now I think that, you know, I, I, I automatically go to thinking that, you know, someone's trying to, um, you know, push a negative agenda about hunting, or, or talk negatively. And I think that that's part of, that's part of what has made me not really want anything to do with that term. Just, just in general is that, you know, that, that negative cloud that hangs over the term, I think. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird. And I've, and the reason I asked it is one, I think it's cool when you have those self-realizations for one, right. Cause the, the mountain kind of does that to all of us, but I've yeah. had to check myself on 
that whole thing, right? Trophy hunting. Yeah, yeah. I had a, a kind of a this is what it means to me thing. But the more that I've thought about it and the more I've talked to people, I honestly, I don't even know what the trophy hunting is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? I hear you. I, yeah. The only thing that I could relate it to with a negative connotation in my head is a guy that's going in and killing an animal that doesn't have any desire to consume that animal or yeah. further use any parts of that animal, right? Is just, you know, yeah. I, and I don't even consider a guy like that a hunter. Um, right. You right. know what I mean? As, and I don't know how that sounds. I really don't care how that sounds, but that's how I look at it. Um, but when you start talking about, you know, if a guy is out there chasing a, a 200 inch mule deer, you know, somebody's going to call him a trophy hunter, you know, or a guy that yeah. says sets his sights on a 380 class elk, you know, somebody's going to call that guy a trophy hunter. You hang it on your wall, yeah. you're a freaking trophy hunter. So it's really, <laughs> it's really kind of a weird, a weird term, a weird title for it is. the vast majority of us it, it definitely is it's a it is it isn't it's a weird term that i mean there's so many different ways to look at it and i think that you know just what the media has done to it you know it's you know it granted it, it could mean something different for everyone but you know i think the, the media will you know has put these negative spins on on on, on certain things, but you know, at the same time, I think as a hunter, I mean, I think you could, I think you could be a successful hunter that, you know, has maybe harvested, you know, you know, a couple 200 inch mule deer bucks or a couple, you know, monster bull elk or whatever the case is. And I think, you know, how, however you, however you carry yourself or however nowadays it's, you know, how you present yourself online or, you know, what your content shows. I mean, your content shows your story and I think how you put it out there and how you present that content, you very well might not have, you know, a, a negative, um, you know, aspect of, of your, of yourself and how you put yourself out there. So it's, you know, you, you, you could tag a ton of, um, you know, world-class animals, but, I think it's, I think, you know, it, there's really a lot riding on what type of attitude you have about it and, and how you put yourself out there with what's going to, you know, determine that a little bit more. Yeah. But I mean, so you talk about, you know, putting that stuff out in social media, you'll have, you have a, you have all these different factions, you know, people, even just within the hunting community. But I mean, as soon as you show an animal, um, you know, if you're in a grip and grin or if you show a mount, you know, you're a trophy hunter right off the bat, right? They don't care to see it any other way. Um, maybe, maybe, you know what I mean? Well, again, there's a lot of different, you know what I mean? There's a lot of different factions out there. Um, yeah, for sure. But it's really strange to me that, I mean, you know, so we sit here and we both tried to describe it. Right. And, and at the best I can, the best you can, it, it just doesn't. Yeah. The whole thing is kind of, it's kind of weird, man. Doesn't make it, sense. It's kind of, it, yeah, it's it's kind of weird, and I mean, there's a whole other aspect to it too. I think when you look at, you know, maybe some of the maybe some of the social pages that share a lot of like exotic animals and that kind of thing. I think there's like this whole other layer to this conversation when you start looking at like exotic animals and these, you know, I always, I always call them these. I always call them these animals that people are more or less, uh, yeah, more, well. I say afraid of, but it's like the, the, the people from the outside 
outside of the hunting industry looking in, you know, whether they're looking in on, you know, a photo of a giraffe that's been harvested or whatever the, whatever the animal is, it's for, for some reason, they associate the term trophy hunter with an exotic animal that for some reason they don't think needs wildlife management. They don't think that it should be harvested. So they, they say, oh, well, these people are just trophy hunters and they kind of put, they put that negative spin on it and they, they forget about the, the game management side of things. So that's, Should have I mean, that's, don't even know about the management side of it. That's the problem. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's the problem. But I, I think that those, those, those folks, they, they've, they've played a part in, in, you know, shedding negative light on something that's extremely important, you know, um, you know, managing wildlife. And that includes all species, you know, grizzly bears, wolves, giraffes, lions, you know, just because, you know, an animal is, you know, you know, majestic and beautiful and, and, and we love them, you know, game management is still a real thing, even though those species um, and, and the management of those species, you know, frightens people on the outside. So it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, there's a whole nother layer to it when you, when you look at that, but I, I agree with you. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an odd term and it's, um, you know, on a lot of different levels, it really doesn't, um, it really doesn't make much sense how, how, you know, that term is put out there and, and the way that some people view it. Yeah. I, sure. I, I really, I appreciate your answer and that, you know, and that trophy is going to be about that experience, man. Cause ultimately, right. That's, that's why we put that mount on the wall. That's why we have that grip and grin, right? Because that experience, you know, it just, Absolutely. they say a picture tells a thousand words. That picture tells a thousand words to another guy that's doing what you're doing maybe when it comes to hunting. Um, the yeah. thousand words that it tells to, you know, the folks, a lot of the folks on the outside is uh, there's nothing good in it, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, I mean, one other, I guess, kind of like layer to, to that conversation. And one that I, that I think is, is really important is, you know, if you're, if you're a hunter and, 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 and you pursue a, a certain animal, whether it's an elk or a mule deer, I think after years and years of, of, of hard work, dedication, and, you know, your, your preparation, what you put into your hunting lifestyle on a, you know, on a, on a yearly basis, I think after a certain amount of time, you know, I, I think that you, you know, or I, I think like me, myself, I, I, I want like, a, I want a, an animal that I can hang at my house to, to be a representation of that species that I have grown to respect and love so much and, and, and love to document and watch and pursue on, on a, on a level, you know, much deeper than, you know, the actual, you know, antlers on its head or what the wall mount looks like, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, when, when you look at that every morning, you're going to work, you know, that, that could be a reminder to you every day about, you know, a five mile pack out that you did on a solo hunt that you, you know, learned more about yourself on the mountain that day than, than any other time. So, you know, I think it's natural to want, you know, want that type of, uh, you know, uh, keepsake and, and, and something to remember, you know, that animal's legacy, you know? Yeah. And then I, so. and I've said it before is there, there's an, 
I think we all at some point either go through it or will go through it, but there's an evolution to us as hunters and what we want to chase. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Getting that big, you know, again, you know, 380 bull or 200 plus inch mule deer. Um, you want that monarch, whatever species. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you definitely, you, you, you're, you're going to want it at the end of the day. Um, you're, you're going to want it at the end of the day. But I, I mean, I think, I, I think it all, it all rolls into like, you know, the entire hunt, like big picture style, you know, everything that you put into it, you know, from your scouting to your preparation to, um, you know, if you, I think if you just have that mindset where, it's this, you know, deeper, big picture thing. And I like the way you put it, you know, I think, I do think that everyone, if they're, if, if they're into it enough and they really live the hunting lifestyle, eventually, you know, maybe at different times through everyone's life, everyone goes through this, this realization or this kind of, um, you know, game changing moment, you know, it could be different for everyone, but where, where, where things start to affect you differently on the mountain and you start to think a different way on the mountain. Um, and so I think along with that, that evolution, like you said, I, I think that that term trophy can, can mean, you know, multiple different things throughout that time period, um, and, and become different, important things, you know, as you, you know, as you, as you evolve and as you go through that journey for sure. Awesome. We could stay on that for hours, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. So, uh. You got two two kids, right? Yeah, yeah. I got um, yeah, boy and a girl. Uh, my son Waylon is uh, four, almost five. Uh, they're almost five and three. So, and then my little girl, she's going to be three in September. Um, so they are they are a handful. That's I mean that's that's been part of the wild ride for me over the last five years, and and kind of my, my rediscovery for hunting is is becoming a father and just taking on that whole new. Um, that, you know, taking on that whole new responsibility and, and aspect of, 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 of living a hunting lifestyle is having kids to pass it down to and really just starting that whole process over again with passing down those traditions. It's like, it's, it's a, it's a big deal. It's a huge responsibility. But it's oh so rewarding. I mean, that sounds cliche, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It, it really yeah. is to go, you know, to take something that your father and your uncle taught you. And then your boy is coming to that age where you're taking him out um, and getting out in the woods a bit with him and spending that time. But to be able to take that and, and pass it down to a man is just, uh, it's an amazing thing. Absolutely. It's, 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 a, that is another one of those things where you could say, you know, that's, that that's a trophy in and of itself. You know, if it, you know, take my son on his first hunt, pass down those traditions, you know, that is, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's another, it's another life changing thing for sure. Um, and, and it's, a, and it's a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely difficult and, um, and, and a challenge, but yeah, passing down those traditions and, and keeping that, keeping those traditions and the hunting heritage, our hunting heritage alive and, and, um, you know, doing it all through storytelling and that kind of thing is, um, it's, it's really something that, you know, a kid's never going to forget. So is he, is, is your boy, you taking him out and getting him reared up with it yet? Or is that, uh, is that something you're waiting on? Um, so right now, um, 
he, he's been on a lot of hikes with me, just like shed hunts, hiking trips. Um, I think I started taking him shed hunting when he was like two. So I've had the backpack game down pretty, pretty solid for the last, for like the last two or three years. I got a couple different backpacks. Um, he just kind of started getting to the point where he's kind of outgrown the packs, um, weight wise. Um, so it was a little bit easier when he was so small cause I could throw him in the pack and, and just, and just as long, I mean, we could, we could hike as long as, you know, as many hours throughout the day as my legs were carrying me, you know, he was, he was right there. So, um, so I've had him on a ton of shed hunts. He's had a lot of fun. Um, at, at age four right now, he's in a little bit of a difficult age right now because I, he's outgrown the packs. He's a little bit too big to carry in the packs, but then he's not, I mean, he, he can't, you know, be ridge running with me all day too. So it's like, we're kind of in that thing where it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a trade-off. So we'll have, we'll have special trips set aside where it's like, you know, a father and son trip where I know that, you know, we might not, we might not hike, you know, a, a ton of miles today. You know, we might not go, you know, um, into the gnarly country that I want to, but you know, at that moment in time, that's, you know, that's, that's not what it's going to be about. It'll be just about the experience with him. So I kind of have to like, get into those certain modes depending on that, you know, and determine ahead of time what kind of trip it's going to be. And, you know, that's, um, a super important thing for me. So, I, you know, over the last couple of years, um, my whole, my whole rediscovery of, of the hunting lifestyle has, um, you know, it's really been centered around, um, not only creating the right balance, um, but, but also, uh, me practicing, you know, patience as a dad and, um, and, you know, being patient with the kids and just really working extra hard at keeping what's really important in mind at all times, because I mean, it, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's, what's important. So it's like, you just, you really just have to be mentally prepared for, you know, for whatever it is you're doing, you know? And so I, it, so that's, that's been kind of difficult for me. I think a lot of guys can relate to that. I was going to say you know? that that balance man is, uh, and I'm, and I'm actually, I was smiling when you said it, right? Because a lot of, I don't know if a lot of folks don't say it or it just maybe it comes easier to some guys, but there is a delicate balance of wanting your son to love something you're passionate about. But then when mm. season comes around, yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It, it, reminding yeah. yourself, like you said, that what's what's most important at that at that given moment. It, absolutely yeah it's it that is and i'm and, and i'm learning more about that i mean geez i feel like every week um about that exact thing that you said because you know you the 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 balance is extremely difficult i, I think a lot of guys would agree you know if you got a young family or um you know a, a young marriage young family that, that kind of thing i mean the balance between um you know, but between being, you know, a, a diehard hunter that wants to be in the outdoors 24 hours a day, you have to, you have to slow yourself down to keep everything into perspective so that you don't just go on this wild whirlwind of, you know, my way, my way, my way. I got to do this. I got to do that. It's like you, you have to keep it all into perspective and remember that's like, man, it's, you know, it's just one trip. It's just this, it's just that. It's like you, the, the family that is in this household at the end of the day is the most important thing. You've got, you got to make, you got to make this work 
to, to do everything else or nothing's going to fall in place. So it's like, you have to have this trade off and make sure everyone's happy. Everyone's involved, everyone's loved and, and do it the right way. Or at the end of the day, it's just, it's not going to matter at the end of the day. So that's, that can be tough. Yeah. You don't want to sacrifice one for the other. Does your, uh, yeah. does your wife hunt or is she, um, you know what? She, she does not. Um, she, she was, she was born and raised in Colorado as well. Um, I, I don't think she's ever been on a hunt. I think when, um, I, I think eventually she'll maybe, um, you know, go on one with me and I would like to get her into it. She does love the outdoors. Um, it, it's been, I mean, be, being a new mom over the last couple of years has just, um, taken so much precedence um, you know, in her life. Um, and, and, you know, thankfully, so, you know, she, she, she's been able to stay at home the last couple of years and, um, and, and, and do the mom thing, you know, full, full time, hundred percent. Um, but there's, yeah, there's been some trade offs. So I think, you know, over the next couple of years, as things, you know, slow down just a little bit and, a little um, older. and, yeah, yeah. I think we'll, I, I'd really like to, um, you know, reserve that time, to where we can kind of, kind of grow into that together. Um, so that, you know, that'll be another, another stepping stone for sure. Um, that, that I'm looking forward to, but just hasn't, just hasn't unfolded just yet. Yeah. That's awesome. At least, you know, at least there's some thought process there, man. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Family. Well, and, and you chuckled a little bit, but you see, you see guys just going after it and, uh, their wives or significant others hates, <laughs> hates the oh, thought yeah. of, you know what I mean? Oh, because it's, that's it. That would There's, be horrible. Yeah. I, I couldn't even imagine, <laughs> you know, going that way. And I, I've heard some stuff, man. And I'll look at a dude like, Ooh, man, you just, you digging a hole, buddy. A hole. <laughs> but I think yeah, that thought process sure. is, is hugely important. And, and there's a lot of guys that, you know, have that balance to where they're, you know, hunting and family is perfect. And then there's guys where it's the whole family um, and everybody's out there. And then there's those crazy dudes that are like, see ya. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There definitely is. I think, I think I saw a post from a guy a while back and the post was that he had texted his wife, happy anniversary. And he was on a hunt. I was like, Oh my gosh. My wife would, my wife would kill me on the phone. <laughs> I, no, okay. Um, I could see if you have an opportunity, a once in a lifetime thing, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta yeah. definitely balance that. The, well, you yeah. said you have a September baby, right? September 15th. Now you yeah. are the guy that I don't understand. That was piss poor timing. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was, yeah. My little girl was born on, on September 15th. So yeah, I mean, for, I mean, that, that is right in the thick of things. So like I said, like this year, um, you know, I can, I can pretty much hunt, you know, the hunt the weekends in in September, you know, minus, minus that one weekend that's right in the middle. Um, so yeah, that's kind of crazy. I had to give you a little bit of mess about that, man. I got a couple of these that, uh, they're both, both due, uh, with kids this September and uh, Yeah. yeah, I can't let that one ride, man. Yeah, that's, I know that is funny. I, I tell my friends all the time because like, you know, it's always, there's always so many jokes around about like, you know, you know, cancel plans during hunting season or like this and that. And it's like, for me, like my, you know, my wife's birthday is in J- July, so I don't have to worry about it. But like my kid's birthday, like, okay, that takes precedence on everything. But other than that, 
like from September to basically the end of the year, like, I mean, everything's canceled ahead of time. So mm-hmm. like, don't even try. <laughs> if you like wedding, I mean, just yeah. whatever the case is, like it's like no go. Count me uh, out. No RSVP. Yeah. Don't even send me an invite. Yeah, don't even send the invite at at all. <laughs> I want no For part sure. of it. That I think yeah. at this point in my life, man, that would just irritate me because everybody knows, man. Don't I don't even want I don't even want to know about it. September, October, see ya. I know it's so funny. Like throughout the years, and I mean, on one hand, I feel kind of bad sometimes, but like the way that I am, like I'm so like, and on, no matter what, no matter what I do, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much either like all go or, or nothing. Like it's gotta be, it's, it's, it's straight. I mean, it's, it's just like, no matter what I'm into, I, I do it 100%. I, I don't half-ass anything. So like even, you know, growing up and, and well, early in my career being in, in the off-road industry, you know, I was in an industry where I, I did so much off-roading and I built custom off-road rigs for, for a living. And that was just a, a massive part of my life. I mean, I've missed friends' weddings because I was on four-wheeling trips. And I, I've just never been the kind of guy where, I mean, someone someone would really have to be on their deathbed for a outdoor trip of mine to get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and so I kind of feel bad sometimes, but that's just the way that I was, I've always been. And it's like, other than my kids' birthday or, or one of their immediate needs, I mean, other, other than that, I mean... I mean, my outdoor trips do not stop for any. See, I've, I've always bit my tongue, man, because I thought I was alone. But uh, yeah, <laughs> weddings and baby showers, man. Oh, my God. No, no. Definitely not happening. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, mm. <laughs> I'm going to stop there, this right there so we don't get in any trouble. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so uh, any idea, man, on the uh, – so how's the outlook um, – for this year with uh, those Northern Colorado muleys and elk, man, anything, oh, man, I think, anything yet, man, I think it's, I think it's going to be a phenomenal year. I, I really do. I think that, um, I mean, nor- Northern Colorado is an up and coming, um, up and coming hunting area. So I, I think that, you know, it's, I think it's going to get even more popular than it, than it is. So, I mean, the, the hunting seasons are pretty packed all the way around, but I, I definitely, I definitely think, and I mean, and, and you know, you look at like the, the, the websites that, that put out information about where to hunt, um, you know, Colorado is always right in the, right in the thick of things as far as, you know, these articles that people put out as far as where the opportunity is. And, and see so now everyone wants to plan their hunts online and, um, and, and, and follow these, these articles and a lot of people, so there's, it's just like anything else, you know, we, live on social media and, and, and there's so much internet and there's so much information that people are getting information uh, so, so much faster and, and, and in, in such an abundance that, I, I mean, I, I see Northern Colorado really just continuing to blow up as far as um, the amount of hunters that are, that are coming in um, and, and the amount of animals that are, that are being harvested. Um, and, and there's, there's some great opportunity here in Colorado. So just like with the, with the tag that I have, you know, I'm, I'm more stoked than I, than I ever have been for, for some of the hunts that, um, you know, that I'm going to be able to go on this year. And, um, you know, it's, it's all going to start unfolding here in the next couple, um, you know, in the next couple months. And, um, I think the outlook looks, looks really strong. Um, I think it's, it's evolving in the, in a really positive way for, for the state of Colorado. And I think the hunting, 
the the hunting game is is looking pretty dang strong for this area. Yeah, that's a wet year everywhere, man. I've seen some crazy horn growth on folks' cameras, and yeah, yeah, I'm excited, man. It's been uh, it looks like it's going to be epic. It's it's going to be it's going to be good. It's been man the just even like this past weekend, I was in the high country, and. I don't think I've ever seen everything. I mean, it pretty much looks like it does in May everywhere. Like the the amount of the amount of rain and the amount of uh, vegetation growth and the amount of greenery that's all over the uh, the timber, the the sagebrush. Everything looks extremely healthy. So I have taken note of that over the last three to four weeks for sure. It's like nothing has really dried up like it normally has and, and it's i mean it's almost july so i i do think that um you know that the the animals that i've seen look extremely healthy um and another interesting thing about this year is that um in in in, in northern colorado there were there were a massive amount of, of uh, bull elk that held antlers until until dang near may and that was the craziest thing that i've seen that was the craziest thing I've heard of. I don't think I've ever heard of that in another year. But with the shed opener being on May 1st, the weekend before the shed opener, there were um, guys that I know that were seeing um, a groups of four or five uh, bull elk holding antlers through all, right, almost right up until the shed opener on May 15th. And I, I've never heard of that. Yeah, some of the growth I've seen, you know, um, as early in as we are has been uh, has been crazy, man. Yeah, some yeah, bulls so already pushing five, six points. That's yeah, that's unheard of. They grow so they grow so fast. That's I mean, antler growth is is the, is the coolest thing, and, and watching it watching it grow throughout the summer is is so cool. They just grow so fast. But yeah, you're right. I, I've seen some some bulls that are just really coming along nicely. It's like holy cow, man. Getting getting fired up already, man. Getting getting fired up, man. It's all it's all going to start unfolding in the next next uh, man. I mean, I geez, a month or two. Uh, yeah, I think we're within like eighty days. Yeah. So the countdown the countdown is on. It's like, man, it's all this all this hard work, and I mean, it's just all about the preparation and and training and just making sure that your stuff is just dialed, ready to go, man. And keeping your sanity up until that. Day. I know. That's the hard part, I man. I know. The only thing you can do is just work, you know, hit the weights, hit the cardio, and just train your tail off and and just be ready to roll. And hopefully that training burns some of that uh, ag- <laughs> negative energy or aggressive energy, man. As I'm starting to feel it. The closer I yeah, get, the more sure. anxious I am. Yeah. Are you able to get out and do a, a decent amount of scouting? I mean, not necessarily like on your, on your out-of-state hunts, but as far as just like – because those those weekend trips when you're just like on hikes and stuff, I mean, getting that outdoor fix, I mean, that I know for me, that's like that's like a difference maker. Like, I got to have that. Otherwise, I would just go crazy. Well, the problem, so we started scouting deer a week or two ago. Um, and that's okay. fine and dandy, right? But I'm I'm so hooked on this elk pursuit that yeah. uh, as, as excited as I am to go chase muleys, I just, I got to get... I got to get in the elk woods, man. That's the okay. only thing that's going to scratch this itch. So we have a trip. I got you. Yeah, we'll probably be in Colorado the second week of July um, okay. to do a couple three-dayer there once I 
narrow down this unit and uh, go yeah. out there. We got one unit that has cams in it already. Uh, okay. That's looking, I'm going to say it's looking decently promising. Nice. Um, as far as what we saw on it. So, yeah, it's, uh, nice. I cannot wait, man. I, I just, yeah. Uh, like, sometimes I feel like a, I don't even know how to put that in words. You almost feel ridiculous for the amount of energy you spend just thinking about it, dreaming about it. Yeah. Preparing for yeah, it. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the, one of the things that is going to be pretty interesting, like this summer for me, like, I think, I think one of my next trips, um, it might fall into like the first weekend or so in, in July is going to be, uh, 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 an overnight packing trip in, in a wilderness area here in Northern Colorado. And, um, and I'm really curious to see what kind of elk activity is up in, um, in that higher elevation, just way, you know, you know, four or five miles away from the nearest road on a, in a real wilderness area and see, um, what type of mule deer and elk activity is up there because that is, you know, that's going to be like 2000 feet above where I normally hunt elk and mule deer. And that's just going to be an exploration trip just to see what kind of, um, animal activity is up there. Um, and I'm kind of, I mean, I'm kind of scouting for bears in that area cause I can hunt them up there. Um, so that's, I mean, so I'm kind of doing that, but really I'm, I'm really curious to see what kind of elk might be there in the mid middle of summer. Well, just drop me that pin, man, yeah. and let me know if that looks <laughs> good. <laughs> I know, I know for sure. <laughs> so, uh, every episode, man, I do a little, what I call the conservation quick, man. Just give us your one to two minute spiel on conservation, um, and the importance of conservation in, in your head and, and how you pursue sure. that. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah, con I'm, I, conservation to me is, is, is one of the most important things. I mean, anytime I'm, I'm, you know, out exploring public lands or, um, or, 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 you know, uh, pursuing wildlife in any, in any way, it's, it's always, it's always right there in the thick of things as far as, um, you know, importance level. And I mean, my mission statement, uh, for, for my brand, um, um, eco outdoors is, is conservation based. And, and, you know, my, my mission statement is, you know, that, um, you know, I, I, I love and respect public lands and, and, and wildlife so much that I absolutely believe that it's my responsibility as a hunter to actively, you know, participate in the most sustainable and most effective form of wildlife conservation there is. So I hunt and live as many days on the mountain as I can all year round. Um, it's just, that means so, I mean, it's like, I, I tell people this all the time. If I, if I had an outdoor gear company or an outdoor clothing line, that mission statement would be on every tag of every piece of gear that went out the door. That is that's my whole, that's my philosophy on, on conservation and, and what it means to me. So it's like, you know, it's, 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 it's meaningful, but at the same time, it's, it's very, it's, you know, it's a very simple statement. And, you know, I think like for me, you know, even just, you know, spending time on the mountain and, and trying to, to do whatever you can in that moment in time to, to, you know, take care of the land, leave it better than it was when you got there 
and just develop this deep appreciation for for wildlife that we pursue and take care of the the lands that you know that we that we share with them um, is really you know it's really really in the in the the front running um, of, of you know my thought process when I'm when I'm on the mountain anytime. So anything in uh, in closing, man? Anything you want to get out there? How do uh, folks get a hold of you if they choose to do that? Um, yeah, you can you can find us uh, my my page, all my content, all my photography, everything that I do. Keep up on all my hunts, um, everything that we do year round, from predator hunting to shed hunting to camping to family adventures um, to all the big game hunting prep training information, stuff like that, um, is on Instagram, um, at, um, eco underscore outdoors. So that's E C O underscore outdoors on Instagram. That's pretty much where you can find me. You can DM me at any time. Um, and, um, and, you know, follow the journey. So we try to put out a lot of good content. We try to put out daily content, um, to just really, uh, tell a story and, and, uh, represent, um, you know, represent our, our journey and, and what, you know, what's really important to, what's really important to me, um, as a hunter. Um, so I, I think it's good content. I think you guys will enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, give us a follow and, and, and check out the page for sure. Good deal, man. Well, I appreciate the time. Um, it was great talking to you, man. It was a good conversation. Uh, um, absolutely. Yeah. Keep me posted, man. Let me know uh, how that elk spot looks that you're going to go scout for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Uh, yeah, don't don't uh, don't be afraid to uh, to hit me up and and uh, send me a DM if you're going to be um, in the region or whatever the case is, and um, we can link up on a go uh, link up on a hike or whatever the case is. And um, yeah, I'll be happy to share some info with you, man, for sure. Yeah, brother. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. And uh, for we'll sure, man. I appreciate you. you having absolutely. I appreciate you having me on, man. You can catch up with Derek on Instagram at eco underscore outdoors. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down. Hi, this is Weston Jenkins with Disabled Outdoorsman, the founder of an organization where we choose and let individuals come in the outdoors. We have many people across the nation that refuse to give up, and our brand is going to represent them, and now you can too. You can go to our website at www.disabledoutdoorsman.com, or you can find us on Instagram at DisabledOutdoorsmanUSA. We want you to be a part of the cause with us, and let's make a difference one day at a time.